movies, some old classics, and uh, we're gonna, there's some amazing godly stories and principles and uh, lessons we can learn. So we're, we're at the movies for the next few weeks. Is that, that all right? So come and, uh, come and join us, and a few little treats during at the movies as well. We'll share those as uh, we get closer to the time, but it's going to be absolutely amazing. Really, really looking forward to that series. This morning, uh, we're continuing our series on, uh, on the God Nudge. Uh, let me tell you about a God nudge that happened uh, just this, this week. Uh, I was uh, set to go for a meeting, uh, and I, I decided to go a little bit earlier. Um, I don't normally kind of have that extra time to go and do that, but I left a bit earlier than I probably needed to. And I was just uh, kind of wandering around the place where I was supposed to, to be meeting this particular person, and I bumped into somebody else. I had 10 minutes and in those 10 minutes, I was able to just uh, talk with this person. They're about to launch, someone from our church, about to launch their, their own business just this week. And, uh, and you know, they're kind of a little bit nervous about some stuff and just kind of thinking some things through. And I was able to just stand with them, pray with them in the middle of the shop and, uh, and just encourage them. And it was just like this, this God moment, a little nudge just to, to get there a little bit earlier than normal. Ended up meeting with this other person as well. And that was a great connection as well. But... The God nudge happens on a regular basis. God is speaking to us uh, consistently. And the question is, are we, are we listening? Are we hearing it? And will we do anything about the God nudge? So we're in the middle of the series, and the, the premise behind the, the phrase God nudge is that when God nudges, he knows something I don't. See, see when God, God kind of moves us to, to, to help other people, to serve other people, to love other people, he knows something that we don't about that person. That's why often when you feel that nudge, you kind of also ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? Because actually we don't know the outcome of our faith step, do we? We, we, we don't know whether or not actually us uh, knocking on that person's door or, 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 or making the phone call or sending the text is, is actually going to have any outcome at all. Or whether they're just going to look at us and think we're crazy. Someone was telling me just before the service, they, they're, they're a teacher and they had this nudge to go and talk to their principal about something that is, that is going on, um, you, know, that they, you know, something they want to see happen in the school. The principal, his jaw drops, goes, how did you know? I've been in meetings all morning around this one particular area. How did you know? He says, well, God just kind of showed me and I just thought I'd come and talk to you. And, and, and the principal's like, yeah, but how do you know? That's a God nudge. A follow through with a God nudge might just open a door of opportunity for that school and for that particular person. How good is that? The God nudges are happening all around us. And the other thing we can understand is when God nudges, he'll do the miracle, but we've got to take the step. So God says, there's a miracle, but would you take a step into that miracle? It's one thing to get the God nudge. Hey, Mike, you've got to do something. I want you to go and speak to that person. I want you to, to leave a bit earlier so you can connect with somebody else. I've still got to take the step. I've still got to make that, that commitment to be there. Because, I don't know, have you felt a God nudge before? Have you ever experienced it where you're just kind of thinking about someone all of a sudden? Somebody just pops into your mind. Or you get an urge to pray for someone. Or a person or a situation just makes you feel a little bit uneasy and you can't work out why. I think there's a good chance that God's given you a, a little nudge. We don't know what we've missed. We don't know what might have happened had we followed through with it. Like canceling a trip or, 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 or you know, just kind of moving 
left instead of right, pulling over when you're driving just because you just feel this urgent need to stop. God is nudging us. But often with the God nudge, if you're anything like me, I get the God nudge and sometimes I don't follow through with the God nudge. I, I, I don't, don't actually continue on. And we talked about three reasons why that can sometimes happen. You know, we, we, can, we can feel like we're supposed to do something, but we don't go through with it. Why? Why don't we go through with it? We get distracted, just like I did then. We get distracted. We get distracted and we're focused on something else. We get the nudge and then we just, oh, oh I've got to do something else. So we don't follow through with the God nudge. The second reason is sometimes we know it's going to cost us time and resource. It might cost us 10 minutes. It might cost us 15 minutes to go and talk to that person. It might cost us 20 bucks to go and pay for that person's groceries or their petrol because they're short. And then the third reason we... We, we don't follow through with that nudge just because we just wonder whether it actually might be God after anyway. Is, is that actually God speaking to me or am I just kind of feeling it and maybe that's just me thinking it? So last week we agreed that with these three reasons why we might not follow through with it, when we feel the prompt, would we make a decision in the next 24 hours to do something about it? You know, put a, put a reminder in your phone. Maybe uh, write it on your wrist or on your forehead if that works when you look in the mirror later. God nudge. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm supposed to remember to do something about it. You know, maybe once a, once a day, uh, set, a, set an alarm that says God nudge. God, is there anyone or anything that I need to do or, or, or talk to just as a prompt? And we follow through with those. Secondly, we agreed that any cost that we have to pay, whether it's time or resource, is going to be an investment into somebody's life and somebody's world, and it might just be a miracle and a breakthrough for somebody else. And that if God's asking us to step out, and he's asking us to, to kind of it cost us something, that actually that would be a value, and God will never leave us short. If we have to sow something, he's going to provide the seed for the sower, right? So we've got to step out in faith and actually allow God to, to do that miracle. And thirdly, we, we sometimes dismiss the God nudge because we wonder whether actually it is God or whether it's just our feelings. Well, we're, we're going to make this assumption over these next 21 days, and uh, hopefully we're going to continue on beyond 21 days. But we're, we're going to make this assumption that if it's going to bless somebody, if it's going to bring them closer to God, if it's going to honor God, if it might even just put a smile on somebody's face, we're going to lean in and we're going to believe that actually that is a God nudge. And if it's not, well, we've made somebody's day. And so that's not the worst thing in the world either, is it? So let's assume that actually when we're feeling it, God is wanting us to bless somebody and help somebody and serve somebody else. So that's the premise behind this God nudge. Let me tell you a couple more stories. These are stories that are, are, are taking place in people's world and in, in, in our church and our family. We've set up the God Nudge Challenge. You can jump online on, uh, on Facebook. Join the challenge. We've got about 85 God Nudgees uh, on there at the moment who are, who are kind of hearing God speak to them and following through. There's some cool stories. And I, I just want to share a couple, just a couple this morning. One man, uh, I, I bumped into him at, our, um, at, at dance practice. Our daughter does dance, and uh, he, he, his daughter was doing dance the, the session before. He said, oh, I've got to tell you this story. I was driving the other day. And I went past this guy who was hitchhiking. He had his thumb out. He, he, he was needing a, a lift. I drove straight past him. 
I got, I got 100, 200 meters down the road, and I got this strong God nudge that I had to pick him up. So he turns the car around, comes back, picks the guy up, and carries on going. They have this conversation for a number of minutes, and I don't know how long they traveled for, talking away. I park the car to drop this guy off, and, and he says, can I pray for you? You know, you remember my story that I've got a 100% success rate of asking people whether they want me to pray for them. And no one's ever said no to me yet. Maybe they will one day, but at the moment it's 100%. Can I pray for you? Sure, why not? And so he, he, he kind of hesitates a little bit, and then he goes, okay. So praise a, a simple, non-religious prayer. God, just a blessing, just to, you know. And then he uh, had some money in his wallet, so he gives the, the guy some money and sends him on his way. Now, we don't know the outcome of that one yet. We don't know, but maybe that's the first or second or third or fifth or tenth person that that person's bumped into who has blessed them in the name of Jesus. And it might be just a seed sown into that person's salvation. Amen? We, we don't know which part we're playing in somebody's miracle. But if we're faithful to that God nudge, it might be somebody, that, that person could very well have woken up that morning. God, if you're real, if you're really who you say you are, you better send somebody. Boom. Anyone ever had that miracle? Maybe we've even got people here today who pray that prayer and you're here today because somebody turned up as an answer to your prayer. How good is that? God wants to use us to bring salvation. Salvation belongs to God, but he uses us in the process of allowing people to come to him. Another story, a, a woman who's a, who works in a school office had this, uh, saw this woman come in, a, a young mum, looked a bit frazzled, signed a, her child in late, and she just felt this God nudge to go and talk to this young lady. She went over and, and started talking and and, and this, this woman was feeling guilty for dropping her child off late again. It's like multiple times this is happening. And this woman was able just to encourage her, to say, I'll pray for you. By the end of the conversation, she's got a big smile on her face, and her day was completely turned around based on a God nudge. See, sometimes it doesn't have to be a big, 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 big thing. It's just eyes open, ears open, heart open for what God is wanting us to do. And step out. We step out in faith. This morning, I want to continue telling the story in Matthew 14, where Jesus heard about his cousin's death. Uh, so John the Baptist had been beheaded. Uh, pretty, pretty tough news to hear. And so Jesus goes away to process it. He's, his, his heart is, is, is broken. So he goes away to process it, and he gets away trying to find a quiet place. Anyone ever wanted to just find a quiet place to deal with the stuff you're dealing with? And it's hard to find that place. So he gets away into this place that's supposed to be quiet, and all of a sudden the crowd find him. They heard he was in that place. Jesus looks at the crowd, and there's compassion in his heart. The Bible says he had compassion on them. His heart was moved for the needs that were in their life. You know, sometimes when we get the nudge, there's stuff going on in our life. Isn't that right? You know, we're actually going through a tough part, a tough stage. There's difficult things going on in our own relationships and, and in our world. And, and, and actually, we don't feel like we've got enough capacity to help somebody or serve somebody. But there's a nudge still. What do we do in that situation? Jesus had compassion on the crowd. He, he put his grief probably to the side. He, in that moment, he had to just love and serve some people. 
And he began to minister. And, and obviously the ministry was going well because it went right through the day, right through to the afternoon until the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we've got a problem. There's no food. No food. Jesus says, well, you solve the problem. You do something about it. You feed them. Like that's a, that's a big ask for the disciples. They found five loaves and two fishes. They said, this is all we got. We've got, a, we've got a boy's lunch. This is all we can find. And Jesus effectively said, it's enough. And we learned last week that what we, when we bring what we have, it is enough in God's hands. See, often we, in this, you know, we feel the nudge and we go, well, I, I'm not sure it's enough. I'm not sure that five-minute conversation is going to make any difference in somebody's life. What God is saying is, is, is if you bring your natural, you step. I'm going to make your step supernatural. You, you, you bring me loaves and fishes in the natural, I'm going to multiply to a point that you wouldn't believe. You might say, only a dollar. I've only got a dollar to give in our missions offering. What difference could that make? It could make a massive difference. It could be one pastor starting their journey to pastoring churches in Vietnam. A, a, a nation that was closed off to the gospel is now opening up. And we have opportunity now to go into all of the nations of the world and bring the gospel. And the seed that we sow, we think it's not much. It's awesome. It's amazing. Whatever you could bring today will make a difference in somebody's world. The, what we can sow into the nations is amazing. The God nudge, do you feel it? Are you sensing it? Even right now as I'm speaking, maybe God's speaking to you about something, somebody. Just write it down. Do something about it. God's wanting you to connect with them. It's not the devil telling you, go and bless that person. He doesn't want that, does he? It's not your flesh because we're all selfish, right? <laughs> we don't want to do it for the sake of ourselves. What do we get out of it? Not a lot, really. So God's nudging. God's nudging. Come on, write it down if God's speaking to you about something. See, often uh, you know, we, we come to Jesus and we say, well, we've got a problem. Jesus says, you do something about it. You feed them. Over in Bangladesh, um, you may be aware that Cox's Bazaar is, holds the, the world's largest refugee camp at the moment. The monsoon season at the moment, it's pretty, pretty horrific. There's some pretty tough stuff going on over there as a nation. But th there was a need that, that, that came up as uh, all these refugees flooded into Bangladesh and uh, the Samaritan's Purse, they, they, they wanted to get the kids some, uh, some bags of clothes and, uh, and uh, towels and a flashlight and some things that would just help them in this very difficult season. And Sukhan and Generation Bangladesh, so this is the ministry we've been working with over in, over in Bangladesh, they took the opportunity. And they said, right, we're going to help. They rented another floor of offices to, to, to basically bag 25,000 bags to give to these kids. Just a drop in the water, I, I, I know, it doesn't seem like much in a, you know, it's probably, I don't know, three, three or 400,000 children in, the, in that refugee camp. But, but they, the little that they had, they gave it. They gave their time, they gave their resource to be able to just bless these children. Sometimes we, we think that, you know, God, you solve the problem. He says, no, no, you, you can be a part of it. Just, just with the little you have or the much, maybe you've got much. God's saying, would you release that much? Would you release that amount to be a blessing? Feel that nudge. 
Not, not, not because you're forced to, but because you know God is leading you into that decision. In this passage, we see Jesus only asks us to give what we can. So let's pick it up. The story goes on into, into Matthew 14. I'm going to read some, some of the scripture here, Matthew 14, 22 to 33. It says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Well, he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain to, by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I really believe that in this situation, we see Peter stepping out into a very, very difficult situation. Sometimes we feel like that is our world. We are stepping out into an impossible situation. And yet there was something in this conversation that, that encouraged Peter to go there, to trust God's voice. I don't know if anyone's ever tried it. Anyone tried to walk on water as a kid growing up? Man, I'm, I was a church kid. Uh, I, I tried walking on water. I tried pools. I tried you know, walking off the side. Jesus, if you love me, you know. <laughs> yeah. No miracle yet. You know, I've tried rivers, I've tried oceans, I've tried all these different places, and I still have not managed to walk on water. In fact, the ocean, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a, a, a pretty, pretty dangerous place if you don't respect uh, the ocean. We live in a nation where, where the waterways are incredible and amazing, but we lose a lot of, a lot of lives through, uh, through drownings. Um, I, I had a very uh, strong reminder of the power of an ocean. Uh, about three and a half years ago, we were just about to move up to Tauranga. Uh, I had a mate, we'd go out in a, in a two-man kayak. We'd paddle out, get our quota of fish, and then uh, head back in. Uh, it was great. Uh, cool time, hanging out together. So one, one evening, uh, it's, it's dusk, we're heading out. Uh, we're going to paddle offshore, um, probably half a kilometer to a kilometer out, and, uh, and just as we normally did. So we, we got going, we're paddling away, uh, paddling for, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and uh, the, the kayak's a little sluggish. Now, normally it's, it, it paddles well, and, and, and we, we kind of got to where we wanted to fish, and we just went, I don't know, it's just feeling a bit unstable. And what we didn't know is that the, the, the storage unit that was supposed to be um, you know, you know, watertight was not watertight, and it had been basically taking on water for the whole time we've been paddling. And so we, we make the decision we're going to go back into shore, and we're going to empty the kayak, and we're going to come back out and try again. So we decide to turn around, and just as we decide to turn around, one wave just comes and picks us up, and, and there's no way of coming, coming back. I mean, we lean back into the wave to try and support it, but it just picks us up, and we're just over. Water completely flooded the kayak, boom, and, and it's over. You know? so, so, so we're out there in the water, got life jackets on, 
Uh, it's, it's a lot further than I would ever want to swim back into shore. Um, and the problem is we've got this outgoing tide taking us out through the channel, out into the open sea. Um, not great. You know, not a great scenario. So we've got kind of two decisions. Do we try and swim for shore or do we hold on to the kayak and, you know, kind of wait for somebody to come and find us? Fortunately, one of those decisions was taken away from us as the kayak sunk. Like, it's like we can see the little tip just holding, holding it, you know, just above the water. And we're going, okay, I guess we're swimming. So this other guy swims ahead. Now, I, I, can, I can swim, but I hadn't swum for ever. I, I mean, not, not this kind of a swim. And you've got the life jacket on, which is great for buoyancy, right? Not so good for swimming. So do I take the life jacket off and try and swim? Well, no, that's not sensible either. So I keep the life jacket on, and we try swimming. So for about five minutes, I'm going, yes, yes, I can do this. And I kind of take a measure of where I'm at, you know, kind of, a few landmarks, and I haven't moved. Five minutes, I haven't moved. This other guy's a slightly better swimmer than me, and he's, he's going on ahead. And uh, he goes, do you want me to come back and wait with you? I'm like, just, just like Dory, just keep swimming. You just keep swimming. Um, I'm just going to be okay, I think. And, and I'm starting to panic now. You know, I'm trying to stay as calm as I can, but there isn't really a good scenario here. It's getting dark. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. And so, uh, you know, all of those scriptures I learned as a kid, they're coming out right now. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, though I'll go through the waters, you're with me, I shall not fear. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> I know that's not a scripture that's from a play, but I'm thinking if I drown, Amy's going to kill me, seriously. <laughs> and so, so I, I just had to dig in and go for it. And I was, I was really starting to get worried. And I ended up swimming for about 45 minutes just getting back into shore. I really do believe God gave me a bit of strength because uh, I was actually uh, not in a position where I thought I would actually survive there. Um, a little bit scary. I haven't told the story. Uh, maybe the fullness to Amy yet either, but uh, here, here it is. Hello. <laughs> so, <laughs> but hey, we're here. We're still here. So praise the Lord for that. But you know what? There was a moment where I was paddling, you know, and then finally my feet touched the shore. It was like, you know, I was, got up to about that. It was like, oh, I can stand. Wow. The, 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 the joy in my heart when I it's like, oh, my goodness, I can, I can make it from here. You know, when Peter stepped out of the boat, he stepped out of the boat into this moment that he, was, was unknown. You know, there, there was a moment there where, you know, no one's ever done this before. It's like, Peter would have been terrified. Or was he? Or was he, was he just that little bit excited? I mean, Peter was just kind of that excitable kind of a guy. He just, he just kind of loved, loved those moments. That was just Peter. But I, I, I wonder in this situation whether we can remember this one thing. When I follow a God nudge, I step onto his promise. When I follow a God nudge, I step onto his promise. See, what had happened in the situation is Peter says in verse 28, he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. Now, if I was looking for confirmation from Jesus, I would have asked a whole different set of questions. Jesus, if it's you, name all your disciples. You know, Jesus, if it's you, how many people did you just feed like a few hours ago? 
How many baskets of food were left over? I mean, those are the questions I'd probably be asking. Not if it's you, call me to walk on water. But I reckon Peter had that nudge. I reckon something inside Peter went, I reckon if Jesus can do this, I can do this. But Peter, he kind of almost had a sensible moment. Because, you know, there's another time where Peter just jumps out of the boat. This is after Jesus has has died and come back, and he just jumps out of the boat and kind of races into the shore. You know, kind of impulsive jump out of the boat, Peter. But in this moment, Peter says, I'm just going to put some checks and balances in place. I'm just going to check to see whether it is actually Jesus. If it's you, call me out. Command me to come. Now, I don't think that Peter was doubting that it was Jesus. I think he knew it was Jesus. I wonder if Peter was doubting himself. Is this a God nudge? Is this, is, this, is this really you? Am I hearing correctly? But if you speak it, I'll step out into it. And I, I, I think we can learn so much from Peter's example here that, that when we step out, we step out onto his promise. I don't think Peter necessarily stepped out onto the water because I don't think Jesus changed the molecular structure of water in that moment. I think, it was, I think it was still water that doesn't normally hold a human's weight. Gravity and science, I don't think necessarily that was changed. I, I kind of believe that, that Jesus called Peter out to step on a promise. Sometimes we, we just got to step out and trust God in the unknown. Trust God for the miraculous. And as the team come this morning, two things I, I believe we need to become if we're to see these miracles take place. Number one, we've got to be someone who knows Jesus' voice. We've got to be able to hear the God nudge. We've got to be, become someone who hears God's voice and knows God's voice. I really believe, uh, we did our frequency series, Hearing the Voice of God. Such a powerful um, series where we talked about hearing his voice, the audible voice, the, the, the voice in our heart, um, through the word of God, through the voice of other people, that we would hear God's voice. Jesus calls Peter and he steps out in faith. And for a moment, Peter's a history maker. No one's ever walked on water before. That's the first time. Yeah, Moses parted water, but Peter stood on water. So he follows the nudge. But then, as Peter was saying earlier, we, we kind of get out on the water. It's like, yes. And then the wind and the waves becomes too much. The fear rises up inside of us. And I think that's a very natural response for us. So we step out and we think, I know I'm supposed to step out, but all of a sudden I'm looking at it and I think I made a bad choice. You know, here's Peter walking on water, but he's, he's doubting it. <laughs> I mean, I'd love that experience to walk on water. That's pretty awesome. And yet there was this doubt and this fear that rose up within him. I believe the second part is we've got to be someone who trusts the promise. We've got to hear his voice, but then we've got to trust the promise. And this is the hardest. I mean, this is the, this is the crux of our, of our faith. This is it. This is the foundation of our faith. Do we believe what God says to be true? When we open the word of God and when we read the word of God, do we believe it to be truth? Because if it is truth, we can build our lives on the promise. Every decision we make can be built on that promise. I want to encourage us together 
when we follow the nudge, when we follow through with what God is speaking to us. There's individual miracles that take place, but I believe there's a collective miracle that begins to take place as well. If we as a group of people could follow the nudge, trust God, step out in faith, maybe your conversation will connect with somebody else's conversation. I was doing the ride for cancer. The um, man up on Legacy as part of Destiny Church. We're putting it on, and I'm good friends with Robbie Johnson, the pastor there. And uh, he invited me to come and ride on a bike for 30 minutes you know, for this thing because we care. And a uh, number of businesses around the place were, were supportive of it. Um, and so I, I agreed to. I, I was supposed to do a 2 o'clock slot, and then he contacted me and says, can you do, do a 12.30 slot instead? I'm like, okay, that's fine. We can, we can make that work. So I adjusted my schedule. And I turn up, and sitting beside me on the other bike is a guy I went to school with 20 years ago. We went through youth group together, Old Elam Connections. Now, cool thing is, for 30 minutes, he's not allowed to go anywhere. So he has to have a 30-minute conversation with me. So we talk life, we talk family, we talk church, we talk God. And he says, well, you're the third person from Elam that's talked to me just this week. I said, well, we're in the middle of a series called The God Nudge. I told him about what the, the, the whole heart of this is that we just, we're, just, we're just stepping out in faith and trusting that God is moving. He says, I'll, I'll see you there. I'll see you at Elam. So if you're here, mate, good to see you. I won't embarrass you. But. The collective us and the God Nudge, that's powerful. Because somebody else from Elam has been talking to him. Two other people. Hey, come on, get along. Come be a part of it. Yeah, we're going to be taking up our missions offering right now. Uh, the team are going to minister to us. As we do this, as, as the, the offering's taken up, I, I want to encourage you to give. Give in faith. The little that you have, it will make a difference. I can promise you that. God wants to use it to go and open up the nation of Vietnam. God is doing incredible things there. So as you give, may you be blessed. That, that you are sowing into a great thing. But before, before the buckets go around, just, just hold the buckets just for a moment, sorry. I, I want us to respond to this message by saying, God, what's the nudge? What's the nudge for this week? What do I need to do this week? I'm going to trust that nudge. I'm going to step out, write it down, maybe at the bottom of your page there. What do you need to do? What's God asking you to do? As a team minister, why don't you write that down and commit that to God? Father, we thank you, Lord, as we give. Lord, we are, we are giving into the gospel, the good news being spread across this, the, the, the nations of the world. Father, we thank you for the leadership in Vietnam. Thank you for the partnership with Elam. Lord, 70 churches uh, wanting to connect to the vision of Elam and uh, connect in partnership. Father, I pray that everything we would give would be a blessing. Lord, it would open up doors of opportunity. Lord, the gospel would be able to go and be spread into the nations of the world. God, we love you and we want to so faithfully, Lord, speak to us about that God nudge, that thing that you're speaking to us about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you as you give. Thanks, team.